Welcome to Lacrosse and Sport, the show for the fastest game on two feet. Brought to you by Vieira Lacrosse and Sport, Central Florida's premier center for the finest lacrosse equipment, apparel, and training. Now, here are your hosts, Roger Welton and Steve Jordan. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Lacrosse and Sport, the place for the fastest game on two feet. I'd like to introduce my co-host this evening, Steve. How are you, buddy? I'm great, Raj. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's a little different, Steve. I can actually see you tonight. We uh, didn't do the whole webcast thing. It's good to see you. He's putting up the peace sign. Aren't I beautiful? Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, you look great. You look great. I leave that up more like up to our, well, you know, I'm not crazy about it. It makes you look old. Yeah, well. You are over 40 I, now. When I shave, I look like I'm 18. Right. So how about maybe thin it out a little bit? Find a happy medium there? I don't know. Just a thought. Anyway, we'll see how you play the cross when you come out here in July for our camps. Speaking of our camps, we have an exciting, exciting guest tonight, Ray McGill. Ray McGill was a two-time All-American at University of Maryland and had an eight-year career with Major League Lacrosse, played for three different teams, the Ohio Machine, Chesapeake Bayhawks, and Boston Cannons. The man had such an impressive career that when he retired, Lacrosse Magazine saw it fit to do a two-page article on his retirement and a reflection on his career. I'm especially proud that Ray... Hails from the great town of Clark, New Jersey. We love Clark, right, Steve? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, brother. <laughs> that and happens. Also, yeah. University of Maryland. Oh, Terp. that's right. That's right. You're both Terps. Fellow Terps. Yeah, I'm more excited about both all of us being from Clark, playing for the same high school. Ray, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. It is an absolute pr- pleasure. Uh, so, 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 Ray, tell us about your company. Let's start with that performance systems or support what is it performance sports systems yeah that's correct performance sports systems all right why don't you tell us about that this is all about your post-playing career right you retired in 2013 uh correct 2013 wow and let me ask you this were you building the business while you were still playing yeah yeah we were building it while while i was still playing started back in 2008 once i graduated from maryland and just kept it going so at what point, so let's kind of do a, a brief little timeline if you don't mind. So your playing career, you're in the middle of it, and not, not a huge income from Major League Lacrosse, obviously. No. So Right, but at the same token, it's a great opportunity. So a lot of you guys, or most of you guys, are doing 9 to 5 jobs Monday through Friday while you're playing on the weekends. Is that correct? Correct, yep. So at what point did you conceive of this company, and when did it start about? Uh, well, so basically, once I got out of college, I started for a uh, mechanical contractor for about four and a half years. This started back in back in two thousand and eight, and at the same time, I did a uh, I did a private lesson, and it was actually uh, one of our other mutual friends, Dr. Brian Paris, who <laughs> referred me to this mom, and she came to me and was like, "Hey, I got a son who needs a who's an attackman. He needs a defenseman to go against him to show him where to protect his stick." And uh, so I went and did a lesson with them. The mom paid me. A little light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, hey, I can do this. So from there, basically just kept building the business, started off with a bunch of private lessons, helped out different youth clubs, started running my own clinics, finally got to the point where we had clinics, camps, traveling teams, and then um, I quit my job probably 
I want to say 2000, what would that be, 2008 plus 4, 2012, somewhere around there. Okay. And, uh, did, uh, went into it full time. Kept working at it, kept working hard at it, kept building it, building it. And just this past uh, August, happy to say that we finally purchased a uh, facility where we do most of our training out of. Congratulations, Steve. You got anything to add in here, buddy? Yeah, just that's awesome. You know, I think that the the ability to take a leap of faith that, uh, you know, something that you're unsure of and somewhere in a, like an area where you don't know what the growth is. You know, it's uh, I own my own fitness studio and it's a huge leap of faith and growing it is something that, you know, is takes a lot of commitment, a lot of uh, behind the scenes work that people don't get to see. So kudos to you, brother. Thanks, buddy. Mostly a lot of courage. You know, faith is one thing, faith in yourself, faith in the product, faith in the fact that lacrosse is going to pave the way and, you know, continue that growth, but, but also courage. It takes a lot of courage to say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw all my nuts and bolts into this. So tell us about your business. What do you do? So now when we took it over, we basically <clears throat> took over a baseball training facility that had a, probably it was a 10,000 square foot facility. It's got about 8,000, 8,500 square feet of turf, which we took away probably around 2,000 of it. We turned it into a CrossFit gym. Uh, we put mats down. We put the rig in there. We put the boxes, the rowers, the weights, everything. Then we still use the other 6,000, 6,500 square feet as our, as our training field, and it converts very easily back and forth between not only five baseball batting tunnels, but also into a probably about an 80 by 80 foot turf field that we use for lacrosse. We move all the baseball stuff out, all the lacrosse stuff in, and we probably get about 20, 30 kids in there at a time and just play. So it's a multi-sport facility. Yep. Now, how do you manage, Ray, because baseball and lacrosse are the same season. I know I had to choose when I was young to play baseball or lacrosse, and I chose lacrosse. How are you managing that in your business? Um, it's pretty tough. I mean, right now, being in season is not so bad because everybody's outside. It's really the off season, September through March, that's really tough. Being that we took it over just this past August, this was really our first time really getting to know the business and how we were going to coexist. Now going into this coming fall, we're going to have a much better plan. We're going to have a planned out schedule. It's going to take a lot of work up front and kind of right now and through the summer months to get the schedule nailed down to, to basically suit everybody's needs. But we're going to make it happen. We just have to you know, focus in and figure out you know, where all the puzzle pieces fit. Any conflict with the athletes in terms of you know, loyalties, I guess. You got any baseball players coming in there and saying, wow, that lacrosse looks pretty cool, or vice versa, some of the lacrosse players saying, oh, that baseball looks pretty cool, or any of the parents having issues with their kid maybe jumping ship for one sport versus the other? We have had some cross-marketing in that we've had, you know, maybe there's a, an older son who played baseball and a younger son that wants to play lacrosse. We haven't had too many of the kids that see are in there at the same time and baseball and lacrosse are going on at once. So they haven't really jumped ship, per se, because most of the kids that are in there really training for baseball have, you know, are dedicated and have been practicing and playing it for a long time that I don't think that they're just going to give up and, and move over to lacrosse. Um, but at the younger age, it is, it is happening a little bit more. 
we see them we see them transitioning over just because it's just so much more of a fast-paced game really what it comes down to now what do you find some of the biggest obstacles in training between baseball and lacrosse what are some of the biggest differentiations as far as sports specific training very good question yeah the biggest differentiation between the two is that baseball you can do a one-on-one lesson in the confines of a of a 10 by 50 foot batting cage which we have five of you can't really do that much lacrosse wise when you only have a width of 10 feet to move you can i mean you can work on you can work on the fundamentals throwing and catching you can work on a lot of overhand shooting and everything, but you really can't do the dodges to the left, you know, split dodge for your right hand, split dodge for your left, you're shooting on the run. So at that point, we have to open up a few more tunnels just to, just to get lacrosse in there and, and, and really working the kids to their, to their potential. Do you think that close quarters creates more skill, uh, stick skill and other types of skills, reactions, and so on and so forth? Yeah, very similar to the box lacrosse game. When, we, yeah. when we're in there, kids have to move the ball a lot faster. Usually we give the defensemen nubs, which are cut-down sticks, usually PVC to play with. They're probably about like eight or nine inches long. They really make the defensemen move their feet a lot more. And also it gets away from them having the big six-foot long poles in a tight space, taking the ball away all the time. So it does make the offense move the ball a lot faster, throw the ball to tighter spaces, and try new things, but it's all, you know, it's very similar to the box game, and it's all part of the, you know, the upcoming, upcoming fad of lacrosse. You know, so, was, uh, so you call it, fired me for one second. The, the, so is it really a fad, Ray, or, you know, is this really going to go in the direction where box lacrosse really becomes an integral part of lacrosse development and training? Because, you know, we, th- we look at the Canadians, right? We know the Canadian attackmen are pretty special. We know that the Canadian national team in the last world championships beat us after we beat them initially. But a lot of that was very nuanced attackmen play because of movement in tight spaces and their ability that comes from that. And, of course, the Canadians do it because of necessity because they're indoors out of, you know, what, most of the year. Uh, so they, they have to do it because they have to, but here we are in Florida, and just to the south of me, there's a box lacrosse league. We don't need it. The weather's beautiful here. You've been here. It's awesome. You know, so, so we don't need box lacrosse, but this, there, there's a, a coach selling box lacrosse, perhaps rightfully so, because of the nuance and extra level of skill it adds to the players. I'm not sure I disagree with that. So, so. From your perspective, what do you think about that? Is it really a fad, or is that something we should really be all looking at, including all of us guys down here where the weather is always great? Oh, no, it's definitely it's definitely not. I mean, it's not a fad in that it's going away. It's just, I meant fad kind of, it's kind of one of the most popular things going right now. I mean, everybody should be getting into some sort of box across to keep up with the game right now. We take our kids in probably one, two times a week in the fall and in the off season into a box rink just to play in there only because it just increases their stick skills so much more and so much faster. Interesting. Yeah, so I you mean, got I more remember, to add, buddy? Yeah, I mean, remember when we were a kid, when we played, you know, in high school and even, I believe, junior high school, we used to play box. You know, that was 20-some-plus years ago. And uh, we played with a little, I think it was even a, um, it was almost like a tennis ball 
you know, and it was a softball. It didn't really have uh, a lot of weight to it. Uh, you could definitely do a lot more with it as far as, like, stick skills, but it made you move faster, made you more agile, made you move quicker, made you look at the field differently. We also played with uh, hockey goals, like it was the indoor hockey goals we played with as well. So, I mean, I felt like that was just the contact, meaning, like, playing the game, being involved in the game, the camaraderie of your players. Remember we talked about this, Raj, in another episode. Yeah. Our success, you know, in high school was because of the way that we played together. It wasn't any one individual or the skill level. We were like the bad news bears we of were. lacrosse. Yeah. You know, and it was because no one, we No one was together. great, really, but yeah. we were all really good collectively. Absolutely. So playing box just keeps you more involved throughout the year and build better relationships with your teammates. Well, in the winter, especially, you know, here in Florida, you know, Okay, I'm going to make you guys jealous. You know, in, in, I knew in, you were going to go in, down. In, in, in the middle in the, in the middle I, I of winter. It. it you know that's our money season. It's it's 68, 70 degrees and beautiful. There's no humidity. It's fantastic. And and why go indoors? Why do that? Right? But it's it's funny. Uh, want to, you guys want to hear something funny? Right? You want to hear something funny? Shoot. Our box lacrosse arena, so to speak, is outdoors. It's actually outdoors. It's got plexiglass. All around it, it's the size of a hockey rink. It's actually a hockey rink. Do you have do you have uh, a ceiling? No ceiling, no ceiling. It's actually an outdoor box lacrosse league. Oh, it's, definitely, that's awesome. Isn't that I crazy? Just, I was just going to suggest that. I don't know why you guys don't don't get those rental boards or whatever they are and put them out there. I don't know exactly logistically how they're doing it because I'm not the one in charge of it. I, I'm in charge of you know, the the club up here. This is to the south of us a little bit, but it, I, I just find it really interesting that it. It's such an important part of the game, at least some coaches think so, that it's happening here in Florida, and we're not forced indoors. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but Ray, let, let's let's go to your, your coaching uh, at this point. So how long have you been coaching? Oh, man, I've been coaching youth teams, helping out with local high schools since about 2009. So let's talk about our upcoming camp. You know, we did the December camp. I think I thought it was an overwhelming success. The kids loved it between you, Steve, your brother, Brian McGill. And by the way, anybody who's listening, Brian McGill's his younger brother who's still a professional lacrosse player. Ray, is he still with the Bayhawks? Uh, he still is with the Bayhawks. He's currently finishing up his New England Black Wolves NLL season. That's I right. Think, yeah, I think his last game is May 2nd. They kind of cross They cross seasons, right, a little bit? Yeah, they overlap a little, a couple weekends. But after that, he'll be back with the Bayhawks playing outside. In fact, uh, most of our listeners are Florida listeners. Uh, the Bayhawks will be playing the Florida Launch, which is our team down in Boca Raton, our home team. And I'm looking forward to going down there. Hopefully I can uh, convince Brian to come out maybe. Are they allowed to do that, Ray? Yeah, they're allowed to. I mean, they'll be, they can come out afterwards, sign afterwards. autographs and everything, meet all the kids, and um, they might be able to come out afterwards. Yeah, you know, that, that, ask them. that'd be fantastic. We actually want to have Brian on the show as well. So, So at any rate, one of the things I'd like to talk about, and Steve, I'd like you to elaborate on this as well when you get a moment. You are right now in a lacrosse hotbed area. You, you know, one of the most established lacrosse areas, even more so than New Jersey where we're from, where it's pretty established. But you came down here and you coordinated a camp for an emerging lacrosse region. You know, we, we, we love lacrosse here. It's exploding as it does everywhere that it's seated. Contrast for me the difference between your coaching style, between where you are now 
and coming here. Is there a difference? And if there are differences, what are they? I mean, just seeing it in the December camp, there was a slight difference. The stick work, the understanding, the, the basically the lacrosse IQ was just a little bit, you know, a little bit less. But that's all due to it's an emerging market. It's something new. It's a new sport that people aren't used to. And they just have to get used to it. I mean, it's kind of like the same way I was in, not me, but my dad was in like sixth grade. He started coming to lacrosse games, had no idea what lacrosse was. Took him till about eighth grade to start getting kicked out of games because I think he thought he knew a little too much about lacrosse. <laughs> so, and that, that's happening here right now. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, just, it's just an emerging market. It's great to see all the kids coming out and having fun and learning the sport and hopefully it just continues to grow. Yeah, Steve. I, I, mean, I, I would also agree with what you say there, Ray. You know, the IQ is probably, you know, small right now, but it's going to grow so fast and it's going to you – know, my parents, I remember when I started playing, they had no idea what lacrosse was. My dad was upset that I would, I'd left baseball. And uh, once I started playing and then got to high school, like freshman year, they loved it. They thought it was the best game to watch. They were super excited about sponsoring it and being a part of it and – I see that happening, you know, where we are in Florida, too. And, uh, you know, it'll just continue to grow. It's a snowball effect. So it's exciting to see the, the families and parents of kids being as uh, optimistic of its growth as we are. Yeah, it definitely does not take long to catch up with the IQ of a game. A lot of kids, I mean, with YouTube now and videos all over the Internet, all you got to do is just sit down and watch a couple of cross games here and there, look at different YouTube videos, pick up pointers and everything. And just get out there and practice and work hard. So th- this conversation segues, segues really nicely into our camp coming up, July 13th to the 16th. Where it's going to be a Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to noon. And our, our goal there is to have a nice dispersed amount of lacrosse, not not too much in one day, not not um, no, too much to burn them out, but at the same time enough that we can get in all of the concepts and ideas and skill work that we want to get in. And at the same time, hopefully when it comes to July, we have the afternoon thunderstorm here in Florida just about every day. Usually we can beat it by noon. So gentlemen, you're both going to be coordinating the camps. I'd like to hear what each of you plan for the camps it's going to be unique and different from the december camps let's start with you ray so basically being able to go from eight to noon is huge for us because we can really hone in and focus on all lacrosse skills and just make it fun throughout the day when we go we went a little bit longer in december and we kind of had to play some other other games just to keep kids bouncing back and forth and keep that energy up did a now, great job on that by the way Oh, it was fun. Especially was the awesome. dance contest. They made the best of it. It was it was <laughs> awesome. The kids were kids were great. It was a great time. I mean, yeah. we had one sunny day. We were able to get a tan and everything. I mean, <laughs> I was tanning. I don't know about anybody else. But I mean, as far as, far as this summer goes, we're, we have we already have this the outline planned out. We're ready to go. I mean, it's going to be get your skills, get a little bit of gameplay back and forth, and just go lacrosse right after lacrosse right after lacrosse. Just keep keep working on it and keep going hard. Fantastic. Steve. Steve is our strength and agility specialist, also a partner in Vera Lacrosse and Sport, and of course my trusted co-host and brother from another mother. So what say you, brother? What are you going to bring to the camp this year? You know, I think that uh, I always come from the mantra, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
Uh, I love to motivate, inspire the kids with a lot of just different types of philosophies that they can use on and off the field that will help them grow through life and in the sport, uh, bringing them lots of different types of skills, uh, agility, quickness, speed that are definitely important for the game of lacrosse, and uh, just being able to provide a fun atmosphere for them so that they can go home and you know, feel good about what they've took time to invest uh, in the summer. You know, I know that you know, the summer is an important time for kids to be able to enjoy themselves, and that's what we really want to do. Gentlemen, and we'll take it one at a time, of course, so you don't talk over one another, but I thought, I thought one of the brilliant things of the camp was that there was a girls' camp and a boys' camp, right? But, but this was not planned. It was not planned. Nonetheless, it coalesced. So Lindsay Kate Smith was running the girls' side of it, and somehow it all coalesced into a lot of co-ed activity. And in the process of that, I thought the kids had a really, really good all-around experience. Would you agree with that? Come on. They're mingling with girls. Of course they are. Well, what, but the girls for the boys, too. I mean, True. they didn't True. mind the boys being there. And, of course, it's a controlled atmosphere, right? So, I mean, any comment on that? Are we going to do that again? Work together co-ed where we could? Yeah, there's, there's definitely you know, different parts of the game and different concepts of the game that can definitely be combined. I mean, obviously the rules are a little bit different between girls and boys lacrosse. I mean, the guys are wearing pads. The girls are only just wearing goggles. So there's no hitting or anything like that. But most of the same concepts exist. It's all about just moving the ball quickly, getting it in and out of your stick, getting it down the field as fast as you can, and working it around with good or great stick skills making somebody miss and moving the ball to the open man or woman. Good point. So let me ask you this. When you were doing the, with the softballs and all equipment off, I remember you throwing the ball around. What were you guys, what were you guys playing? No, that was uh, ultimate handball. Ultimate handball. So are we going to be seeing some of that as well? Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that's one of the, that's a great, beginning drill for the kids. I mean, all the kids understand ultimate handball right off the bat. You know, every kid out there, you get a, I don't know what you even know what it is, a softball-sized ball that's light and fluffy. You can throw it from, take three steps, throw it, take three steps, throw it, move to the next guy. It's all about creating space for yourself and moving it up, you know, up, up the field. And it correlates very well to the game of lacrosse at the end of, at the, end of the camp because we usually do that at, towards the end and say, hey, all right, you just did it in the morning session with no pads on, just ultimate handball. Now let's put pads on and let's play ultimate lacrosse. So now the kids, kind of like there becomes like a connection where they can kind of see, okay, we just did it in this morning. We were running all over the place. We were moving. We were getting open. We were creating space for ourselves to receive the ball. Now let's put that into the same method for lacrosse, just with lacrosse sticks in our hand. Let's move to open space. Let's get our hands free, and let's move the ball ahead. They really loved it, too. I mean, it was enjoyable. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, I had a blast, too, because I think we got in there. Many yeah, times. I remember you playing. Played, yeah. played with them. <laughs> you guys so, running around yeah. sweating. It I remember Ray with his shirt off getting a tan, yeah, or trying you know, it's, to, anyway. It's a, it's a great game. Uh, like Ray said, it's simple to understand. Uh, anybody can get it. And it has a tremendous amount of carryover for the game of lacrosse. It gives you field sense. It, you, you can look for the open person, uh, you can set picks, you can 
run, weave, dodge, do whatever you need to do in the game of lacrosse on the ultimate, uh, what is it called, ultimate? Ultimate handball. Handball, yeah. Excellent. Steve, is there anything anything different you're going to bring to the camp from a strength and agility standpoint? Having four days, less you know, less amount of hours in a day, but more stretched out, anything different you're going to do? Uh, you know, I don't think too much different. I think there's, I mean, everything is always different. I mean, when I'm in the moment, uh, whether it's day to day, month to month, week to week, I think that there's always something inspiring me, which I'm going to be able to help, you know, use that moment to coach people and give them something, something special that they can use. And I think that basically, you know, most importantly, want to keep it simple for the kids so that they can reuse what we teach them. And it's just not something they do and learn in the camp. Awesome. Ray, any closing words about the camp, your business, your past experience in playing? Anything you want to share with our listeners before we close tonight? Not much. It's really exciting for camp. Excited to get down there. Obviously, camp is always a lot more fun with more kids. So hopefully we get a ton out there and we can really uh, really have some fun and bring some lacrosse IQ down to the, uh, the Floridians. Oh, listen, it's exploding. Our our club, and listen, we're just one club. We are the biggest club. Our club has doubled in size in terms of players, doubled in size in the last two years. And it's happening exponentially. The game sells itself. Wouldn't you agree, Ray? I, I agree. I mean, you get kids playing it. it just, they just love it. It just takes off. Yeah. I just want to add, uh, do you remember a midfielder named Austin Welton? He was uh, six years old. I think, yeah. you know, I think you know him. Uh, he's having a stellar year. He's our face-off midi. At U7, he's kicking butt. Just saying. Remember that guy? He'll be in the camps because uh, it's camps are 7 and up. He's ready for he's ready for prime time. He's ready to go this year. Ready Absolutely. He, he's sold hook, line, and sinker. Steve, any final thoughts here for the camp experience? We'll all get together again and do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. I'm excited to uh, get down to Southern California, Southern Florida again and <laughs> be able to uh, bring the heat. You know, we're going to definitely shake it up and make, th- make things fun and get them uh, excited to play the game of lacrosse. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray McGill. Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for you and your brother coming down here and bringing your lacrosse experience and expertise to our area. Look forward to having you here. Look forward to see you again, my friend. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to see you guys. Go Crusaders. Go Turks. Go Crusaders. ALJ and the Turks. I'm a Notre Dame guy. Sorry, guys. but Notre Dame? Yeah, I was invited invited to play at Notre Dame. They wouldn't offer me a scholarship. uh, So my parents couldn't afford 40 grand a year to send me there. So I ended up at Monkey State. Still played some lax, but not Notre Dame. But I always feel I should have been at Notre Dame. (laughs) Anyway, good night, everybody. Steve, any, any closing words, buddy? Uh, please follow us on Facebook, Vieira Lacrosse and Sport, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming to you from Good night. California. Good, Good night, night, gentlemen, and have a fabulous rest of your week. Take care, everybody.